and welcome back to Fast Jet Performance. I'm Tim Davies. This is, I believe, episode 15, if you're wondering what you listen to. And today we're going to talk about uh, success, of course, and we're going to talk about the components of success. So it's about uh, 7 to 12 minutes, really. Again, try and speed me up a little bit if you can. And this one is um, kind of engaging with a few people, and they are putting comments on the website. So if you could spend some time, maybe two, three minutes, just go and write a comment on the website. We're trying to generate a bit more of a forum type atmosphere. And that allows me then to kind of curate my posts into what people are really seeking, which is good for you guys and obviously good for me as well, because I'm putting out content that hopefully you'll find a lot more relevant. So this one, as I said, is um, it's hitting quite a few people and there's a bit of a discussion going on. So it is how smart people gain massive success using three key essentials and hint, talent isn't one of them. So it starts with a quote from a guy called Jim Rohn. And the quote is, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Okay, so when 25-year-old Taylor Swift sold her 40 millionth album and became the youngest woman ever to be included on the Forbes 100 Most Powerful Woman list, it would be easy to think that her success could be put down to one thing. Talent. I mean, That's why she made it, right? If you had her talent, then maybe you could have been a super successful recording artist with millions in the bank. It's just not fair that she has all of this talent and the rest of us have none. But what if I told you that talent was pretty much irrelevant to her success? And what if I also said that there were more important factors at play and that they are accessible to everyone? You see, most people think that they can't be successful because they lack talent. They aren't as talented a singer as one of their friends, or they have a mate at work who has a talent at giving presentations and is always getting noticed by the boss. Maybe they've tried to write a small novel, but it reads nothing like their favorite Stephen King book because they just don't have his talent. But here's the thing. These people are wrong. Talent, or the natural ability to achieve, isn't a big requirement for attaining massive success. Here's a quote. Talent is cheaper than table salt. What separates a talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work. That's by Stephen King. Now, sure, if you want to be a concert pianist, it might help to have two hands, but you don't have to be playing Rachmaninoff at the age of five. Far from it. Talent is just one of many things that determines how successful someone will be, and it's a small one at that. When we pick potential pilots, we test for aptitude, but that only gets the candidates so far. The majority of their success comes down to many other factors. And the good news for us is that the critical ones, those that really matter, well, they are available to all of us. Now, take experience. That must be important, right? Most of our waking life is spent at work. And although you're probably not the greatest at what you do, you still get along just fine at it. So why, if we spend all this time at work, aren't we super excellent at what we do? Research shows that experience is not a precursor extraordinary achievement. Some people actually get worse the more they work. Doctors, auditors, hedge fund managers all perform worse on tests the longer they've been in the job. Intelligence also is an indicator as to who will be successful or not. There are many chess grandmasters who have low IQs. Theoretical physicist and Nobel Prize winner Richard Feynman had an IQ of 125 and Abraham Lincoln 128. The boxer Muhammad Ali had an IQ of just 78, but was incredibly articulate. Here's his quote. I'd have wrestled with an alligator. That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I'd have tussled with a whale. I'd have handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. 
Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Man, dude. Bad. Fast. Fast. That was Muhammad Ali, who has an IQ of 78. Now, the legendary US fighter pilot and cerebral strategist John Boyd was once given an IQ test and received a score of just 90, which he was delighted with and would use it to preemptively disarm his opponents in any political debate he was engaged with. One of his quotes was, I'm just a dumb fighter pilot. I don't know any better. I had an IQ test in high school and they gave me a 90. That's John Boyd. And that comes from the, the book, uh, The Fighter Pilot Who Changed the Art of War by Robert Corum, which is the only book that's written about John Boyd, I believe. It's well worth a read. It's a big book, but it's worth a read. So if talent, experience and intelligence aren't, the, aren't that important, then what is? Maybe it's opportunity. The environment you are in has a massive role to play. Now, research shows that home environments of young potential high performers tend to be very child-focused and the parents make great sacrifices to grow and invest in their children. An early start is also important as we slow down mentally as we age, past our 20s. And when you're young, you just don't get distracted with the trivialities of adult life. The wealthy have realized that it is the environment and not talent that will bring success. This is why they put their kids into the best schools to give them the best chances. Wealthy parents understand that opportunity secures a prosperous future and will use their social networks to find their children the best internships. They also offer better career guidance and promote soft skills such as leadership and self-confidence. Now, this quote from The Guardian on the 26th of July, 2015, it says, Children from wealthier families but with less academic ability are 35% more likely to become high earners than more gifted counterparts from poor families. So from the age of nine then, Taylor Swift became obsessed with music and spent her weekends performing at local festivals, coffee shops, fairs, karaoke contests, garden clubs and sporting events. She wrote her first song at 12 and by the age of 14 and after her parents had moved to Henderson, Tennessee to be closer to Nashville, Taylor signed her first record deal with RCA Records. Now opportunity will get you some of the way there, but without applying yourself, it's not going to be enough. That's right. You also need motivation. Before becoming the international best-selling author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling was a struggling single mother living off government welfare. But with a passion for writing, she focused her motivation and wrote the first of seven Harry Potter books in an Edinburgh coffee shop. She is now estimated to be worth £1 billion. Jim Carrey also struggled in his early life, relying on his impressions to get him noticed, but these frequently bombed. His parents' financial struggles meant that they found it hard to support Carrie's ambitions, and he started to think about taking a job in the mills across the bay from his home in Hamilton, Ontario. When the family became more financially stable, his dad could help him develop a more polished stage routine, which eventually got him noticed. It would still be another 12 years before his big break came in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective in 1994. So staying motivated is hard, but those that can do it, even in the dark times, are the ones that cement themselves into the road to greatness. Take the innovation myth, that people just wake up one day with the next big idea. Innovation can take years to arrive, but it has little to do with any innate or inborn talent. So you have the right opportunity and are super motivated, but there's one thing left that you must do, and lots of it. Practice. A quote from Gary Player, the golfer, says, The more I practice, the luckier I get. 
In Outliers, author Malcolm Gladwell states that success only comes after 10,000 hours of practice, which he equates to 20 hours of work, or sorry, 20 hours a week of practice for 10 years. It is said that many great composers took 10 years before they even wrote anything noteworthy. Few people know that the Beatles spent from August 1960 to December 1962 in Germany playing clubs and honing their performances for up to eight hours a day before returning to the UK and becoming successful. So practice is a key ingredient in defining success, but it's not how much you practice, but how deliberate your practice is that will make you stand out from the crowd. Deliberate practice means finding the area that requires improvement and then sharpening your effort and focus in those areas. Deliberate practice improves performance greatly. In our flight school, if a student fails a sortie, we don't repeat the same entire trip, but look at what and why they failed and concentrate on that area. There is a mistaken belief that great innovators have their breakthrough moments after having a sudden stroke of genius, but research suggests that this is rarely the case. Instead, breakthroughs come from those that are already displaying mastery in their fields, having practiced for many years. When a tennis player wishes to improve their serve returns, they don't just go and practice playing tennis. They go and practice receiving thousands of serves again and again. In fact, the reason that a tennis player uses a real person and not a machine to serve at them is because when the ball is served, it travels too fast for a human to react to it. This means that the tennis player has to react initially to the subtle clues given away in the server's body position and that the uneducated eye cannot see and a machine cannot replicate. This is why tennis players move across the court even before the ball has been hit, the result of years of practice. Most people believe that those who are successful were just exceptionally talented people. But as we've seen, nothing could be further from the truth. Although true world-class performance does involve having the initial innate ability to do the task, the real thing that creates success are timed opportunity, focused motivation, and most importantly, very deliberate and directed practice. The only talent you really need is the ability to apply them. I, I put down here on the post, thanks for listening. Um, I said, comment below and let me know what you think of the key essentials to success. And I've got one down here with a guy saying, and it's really great of him, um, agree wholeheartedly, Tim. Uh, and it's how the person reacts in adversity that proves how much they want to achieve. And I completely agree with that. And another guy's put down here, I agree with all that. For me, I know I wouldn't have got where uh, what I wanted without being in the right place at the right time, saying or doing the right thing. So there's a bit of a discussion going on, and I really like that. And I'm going to happy. I'm happy to comment back into that as well because I think this is the sort of thing that when we start discussing it, we can really put out some unique content and throw some great ideas around. Maybe even start a bit of a forum on the edge of this site and just uh, get a bit deep diving into what really is going to make us successful in our workplaces and in our individual lives. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to get another one out um, that, that talks about uh, where the mind goes when you kind of switch off and why that's important for creativity, but it's obviously quite a difficult place to be when you're driving your car home and you, you have an accident within the last 10 miles of your, um, of your journey. So that's what we're going to have a look at next time, hopefully. I'm just trying to get that written this week. But I really appreciate it. Have a safe week uh, and thanks for listening. Tim Davies. <laughs>